0: This week on Media Delta. Most giant robot anime and manga like Gundam and Mazinger C are quite rooted in the more soft science fiction realm. However, sometimes you come across a series that tries to replicate what having a giant, massive robot in the real world would actually be like. Moe Police Pat Labor is probably the pinnacle of those kinds of series. This series was the brainchild of a group known as Headgear that was collaboration between several different types of creators so that all involved would own copyright of what they produce. While the series started out as a manga, several animated adaptations were also made, the first one being a series of OVAs referred to now as Patlabor The Early Days. We have looked at one of the games that was based off Pat Labor and found it to be not that great. But today, we find out if the other versions of the series hold up as we look at Patlabor The Early Days. Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um we got a good one this week. Uh this is one that uh this actually might be one of my personal favorite anime that we're talking about today because we we're discussing Pat uh excuse me, trying Pat to Pat pr- Labor. Yes, Pat Labor. And not Pat Labor like I've been pronouncing every single time I've said it.
1: Me as well. I, I understand your pain. It just flows <laughs> off the tongue so much better.
0: Yeah. Um but yes, uh to discuss uh, and we are specifically, there's a lot of Pat labor uh, media. In fact, the studio that kind of developed Pat labor uh, is a studio called headgear, which is actually a, uh, a five person group that uh, was made specifically so that the artists who worked with or that are in that group had rights to whatever they worked on. Uh, and uh, this covered like anime, manga, and obviously games, because we're talking about it in media Delta. So, um, with me to discuss uh, specifically the Pat Labor OVA series, which is often dubbed as Pat Labor the Early Years, or er, the, the Early Days, excuse me, um, I have some people with me. Uh, so, please introduce yourself in alphabetical order.
2: Hi, this is reporting to police. Hi,
3: I'm Norman Rafferty. I used to review uh, anime for these magazines.com.
1: Hi, I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm here to watch hot, Form-filling action and not mechs.
0: Yes. Uh, so yes, uh, we are discussing Pet Labor, The Early Days, which is a seven-episode OVA series that was put out through uh, various... Or er, was put out uh, in the late 1980s... Or 1980... Yeah, excuse me. Late 1988, uh, with one exception being released uh, in 1989, specifically in June. So... Yeah, uh, this is kind of an interesting one. So it's the group headgear seems to have a thing about the stuff they make, um, in which they have stuff that basically it's like, oh hey, we have we just kind of want to make like, especially in this case, we just want to make like a police kind of drama, um, but we don't want to, we want to have some sort of thing. So we're gonna give it like some fan super fantastical element. Uh, for example, uh, this is a show that very much features very large robots that are sometimes in combat. Um, and, uh, but the thing is that it's not always focused on the robots. Um, another thing that Hager produced is what is known as the Kerberos saga, uh, which if you're familiar with the movie, the movie Jinro, the wolf brigade, uh, that is part of the Kerberos saga, which is basically, it's like, it is a, uh, Post World War Two, in which Germany won, uh, kind of a hellscape Japan. Um, that it's a about a police unit there, uh, and kind of the drama that the drama that they kind of deal with. Uh, but also, uh, they have like super armor that gives them uh, like this super menacing look. And it's basically the thing. Like if you've ever played Killzone and know what the hell gas looked like, uh, that is the thing that kills them basically. Run, um, but Not basically they did. They did. They, like no, they they did. Like it, it is one to one. What the hell, guess? Um So yeah, uh, we are going to follow our normal question format. Um, so we are going to, I have eight questions to talk about. So uh, let's uh, start in alphabetical order and then go in. So um, Carnival, uh, what's in one of these episodes that you'd want? The
2: fucking Kaiju episode, of course.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, so that is episode three, the 400 million year old trap.
1: You want to talk about it? Because they won't.
2: They fuck- they- there's a fucking scientist that's learned how to recreate life from cells and that self-evolves to giant kaiju.
1: Cells from a meteorite because panspermia theory was apparently correct in this universe.
2: Exactly! Which has implications that- there are implications that go on to this that are beyond any sort of thing. This would completely revolutionize scientific world, but because this is that kind of show, we're not going to talk about that other than this episode, other than just- Yeah, there's now just a giant sea monster wandering the Earth. Okay, sure.
0: Yep, I do want to point out, uh, I do like the fact that uh, just this last note on the Wikipedia page uh, for this episode, uh, last sentence for the episode description is, Note, this episode plays homage to the uh, 1954 film Godzilla, as well as other classic kaiju films. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah,
1: (laughs) I'm going to say... Real quick, the best part about that episode is that this thing had been wreaking hell in the 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 bay, uh, and then it comes up ashore with this person face, and he looks exactly like one of the members of the unit two. Who's this huge man who look the face that looks like it was chiseled from fucking granite, and they stare each other in the face for what they described as minutes on end before it just fucks off.
0: Yeah. And they never bring it up again.
1: They never talk about it ever again.
0: Yeah.
3: <sighs> well, yeah. And I've already uh, I mentioned off Mike that my favorite uh, episode it has to be the the second one with Kanuka Clancy, Kanuka the
1: Americans. Yeah. Uh,
3: she's she's Japanese born uh, American woman who's been living in Hawaii, but when they introduce her, she whips off her her shades, and in a dramatic shot, they show that she has slanted eyes.
1: Well, she's specifically thir- she's a third generation Hawaiian. Actually, is the thing. Right. They but her
3: as. but it's specifically like it, they make a big reveal out of it. Like they show off that she's got this. Yeah. This is the only time since you know eight, 1989 when they made this, or since that I've ever like seen them make a big deal about. It, it's kind of like a joke on how uh, anime characters have big round eyes. Round eye is a term people use for, gaijin yeah. foreigners and that kind of thing, and. That whole episode also, you know, like has a couple digs in it, but Clancy is just like, it's one of those things where once you see that, like if you, by the time you get to the kaiju episode, Pat Labor, it has a lot of subtle jokes and digs, anime culture in it. Like even its entire concept of we're going to have giant robots, but they're going to be so immobile that we have to like haul them on trucks and we have and they can't get over sky bridges there's going to be a lot of inversions of this and there's a lot of pat labor you can pick up on and that big reveal was just after watching so much anime where no one ever points any like any of these kinds of differences out or why because that's something that confuses outsiders of why anime characters look like the way they do so um that that's was my i knew i was gonna like pat
1: labor after i saw that It helps that Kanuka Clancy as a character is actually very good too.
0: It's also great because um, if you listen to the Japanese, like the original Japanese uh, and watch it subbed, uh, when Kanuka introduces herself, uh, she speaks in English and they're very very impressed by the fact that she speaks actually pretty, like the dubbing or the voice actress that plays her did a very good job of speaking. Like you would not I would not say that she sounded like a person who definitely had lived in an English speaking the
3: thing I admire about Pat labor is that when they need to take themselves seriously they do when it's a joke I episode it's over the top they very walking
0: oh by the way could you 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 repeat that
3: oh sorry I was gonna say when when Pat labor wants to be serious they're good about being serious and when they want to be silly they can flip back. Not many anime can pull this off and having this mix of when, you know, things that we are, that uh, have stakes and we actually care about versus when it's going to be comic. Pat labor is just really, really good at that.
0: Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Um, yes. What about you, Torpo? Uh,
1: ooh, this is a tough one. Cause like, I could, I could cop out and just say, ah, yes, the two parter, that's really fucking good and really fun and gets a lot of characterization. That's really enjoyable. Uh, because it's it's good the whole the whole show is fucking good, but uh, I'll I'll just say honestly uh, just dancing around that one I'll say it was probably the uh, the school episode actually uh, basically one of the members of the labor squad had gotten a bit too gun happy and fucked up a bunch of property uh, so he took the whole team back for retraining because of this fuck up because this is unacceptable uh, and over the course of the episode, spooky shit starts happening and eventually you learn. It was the team leader fucking with them the entire time.
0: Yes. That I, the team lead in that, uh, in the group, uh, Goto is a really good character.
1: He's really good.
0: Um, uh, just to point out to go add on to, uh, Rafferty's comment about the, uh, mix between, uh, comedy and seriousness. Um, I would like to point out the director of the OVA series, uh, which one Mamoru Oshii, uh, who (laughs) uh, he actually got it it, for, if you are familiar with his later work, it is actually really weird. The fact that he got to start out working on Yurisei Atsura. um, So a very much a comedy series um, that uh, he worked on that. And also some of the um, kind of the movies for that, which are very well animated. um, But yeah, he had also worked on, some really weird anime, uh, like live action movies as well. Like I mentioned, the Caribos, uh saga, like the uh, uh, some of the live action movies in that series, like uh, the Red Spectacles, uh, are very interesting movies. Uh, and also he's hey, go ahead,
1: say the big shit.
0: Uh, he has worked on, like I mentioned, General of the Wolf Grade, which is most famous in the Karibow saga. Uh, also he worked on Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that probably one of the best animated anime movies ever. Uh, yeah he definitely he worked on that um and yeah that is he had he is very talented um but yeah um,
1: uh apparently he has the uh he's notable for create like working on the first ova which was dallas
0: oh yeah i I did see that I i didn't realize that that was that
1: yeah apparently
0: um i think to go into the episode that i particularly care for um I think yeah. I I'll think I'll do the cop out because I mean we've covered three of the seven episodes, so um, yeah, the two parter, uh, which is the SV2's longest day, uh, is very interesting because like the show it, it at this point has been mostly mostly comedic um, with some a few like tense moments, like very like very like they like, would last, like, maybe a tenth of the episode, if anything. Uh SV2, the, SV2's Longest Day is mostly a dramatic episode about, oh, hey, there's a military coup going on, and basically, it's like, they actually get serious, and it shows that, yeah, when they want to get serious, they can get serious. There Um Because it, it starts out with something relatively benign, where basically, Asuna, who is one of the, kind of the, meant to be, the, like, the main character, oh, we'll go over the characters in a uh the next question um but uh yeah uh he basically is trying to find a place to uh kind of live for a little bit uh during the a holiday i can't remember if it was new year's or not but it was it was new year's um
1: like you, you even see uh fucking what's her name is uh, eating mochi
0: uh, okay uh yeah so you see him uh going to the various houses of the people he works with uh, which is it's like mostly comedic but then uh, it becomes a, medial, a very uh, uncomedic where basically it's like oh there's like a nuke involved in like some conspiracy shit in like
1: well so the thing is it even starts off with a military labor gunning down a bunch of people on the highway with a fucking gatling gun and the military making off with that as well as over the course of the episode even during the the comedic shit they have various shots of the military moving various equipment through like subways and stuff. Hmm. But on. Uh,
0: so yeah, also that and it it has a really weird ending.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, you mean oh. not fucking not fucking uh, concluding things at all? Yeah, to just no, it... sell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it, it, it was really weird because it ends in, like, a pastel freeze frame of the, the villain about to get his head shot off of a Chinese cannon. Uh,
1: After saying there'll always be another day or something like that.
0: Yeah, like, I, I had to pause. I'm like, did Osama Dezeki work on this? Because it was, like, a very uncharacteristic thing. Um Yeah. Yeah, that, I, uh, that's like the one thing I didn't care for the OVA site. Like, okay, why? Well, I, I wish there was just a little bit more.
1: Well, it's also weird because it's the sixth episode that they end that arc, and the seventh episode is completely unrelated. Seventh episode, also really good, but completely unrelated.
0: So the thing about that I'm seeing, so uh, just going over the release dates of these, first episode is April 25th of 1988, then June 25th, July 25th, September 25th, they basically and then like November tenth and December fifteenth, uh, all of nineteen eighty eight, and then the last one was released June twenty-fifth of nineteen eighty nine. So there was like uh, quite a bit of a dif- distance.
1: Yeah. Um some other notable things about that episode is it basically shows Goto's like real the depth to his character and really shows why he is the head of Unit Two, like why he's the captain. Uh and you learn a lot about him, like the person commanding the military coup, uh, was friends with him in college and various things like that. And also The military, the military, the the JSDF, Japanese self-defense, was the one staging the coup, a faction within them, and they stole a nuclear missile, a cruise missile, from the Americans. Which is why the Americans work with Unit 2, so they can save face and hide the fact they had their shit stolen. Yeah. Uh, After Kanuka both threatens them with blackmail to help them, and then asks for hush money.
2: NYPD cop!
1: And... Yeah, because if I an inter- uh, what I really liked about the show,
3: they name drop real world organization. Yeah. Like a labors, but it really has that feeling that it's like a real, they wanted to feel like a real world, but what with military grade robots, what kind of controversies would happen around this? And that really makes mm-hmm. this show stand out from a lot of other anime that doesn't even drive.
1: Well, yeah, to be fair, to get into the background of it, labors originally construction vehicles, essentially. Uh, for more fine control and heavy lifting. Right, hence the name. Uh, yeah, hence the name. Uh, and then eventually they got repurposed for military by basically slapping on more uh, armor and making them you know, able to carry weapons. And well, the police also... also... Oh, go ahead. Uh, the police also had to, because of the increase of uh, labors throughout the workforce, there became labor crimes. So the police force had to get their own labors, which were initially just repurposed uh construction mechs just with a bit more tacked on and that's why unit two is notable for having the first specifically built for the police labors right that's even
3: the joke behind the name it's special vehicles unit two so yep. yeah so it's just this is like the yeah the whole growing pain
1: it. yeah it's also really good because at one point they borrow a nuclear sub so they could launch a labor onto the boat that has the cruise missile and literally the only person who could pilot the labor was the big guy because he was the only one who could handle the G's from the launch without passing out.
0: Um. So I think we should probably actually go into, uh, we kind of have gone into a little bit of the setting so far, uh, but the characters themselves, because this show has a pretty good set of main characters. Uh, so how do you feel about the slide, the setting slash characters?
1: I mean, the, the setting itself is just one of those near future things. And I appreciate it because it, it keeps it relatively grounded at least it it, it, the mech stuff always tries to be pretty grounded like with things not even just the mobility issues like having to transport them by truck because they are too slow and too energy consumptive to actually bring that like that like like walk them there uh but also things like uh the mech designs themselves so like the the labors are the normal ones are like squat and ugly things that are purely functional Whereas, like the police ones have a more sleek modern design specifically for appearances uh, but also like on the joints they have heavy cloth is po- like masking the joints rather than just having like metal and plastics over them which I like it just it all feels very functional and as with the characters themselves I think uh, Noah Zumi honestly always struck me more as the main character
0: yeah I think that most of the time you always kind of like she is always the one that's kind of front and center. Like, she's uh,
1: essentially the point of view character and yeah, she's actually really good and enjoyable and a lot of fun
0: she is i mean in the opening of the OVA cuz this does have an opening for all seven episodes except well I'll, the first six cuz i don't think it's in the seventh episode but um actually i don't think it's in the last anyway uh, in the opening uh, she is prom- she is basically the only character that shows up in the opening um and yeah she always kind of came across as being the kind of the lead is also she is yeah. she's just a really good character and all just in general who just uh, wants to make sure that her her labor that she enables Alphonse, Alphonse is really is is fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, all the characters in Unit Two are generally pretty enjoyable. Uh, even the Rage of Holik has his moments. Uh, that said, the the two standouts are Kanuka Clancy, who, as I've mentioned before, is just kind of. Out, bit out of control cop she does essentially whatever she wants and just does not give a shit and takes nobody's shit more importantly uh and she's actually just a, a fun character who's pretty interesting uh and repeatedly shits on the assholes in her squad too uh and then there's goto who i think is really an interesting character because he has a lot of depth to him because he normally just seems as like this sort of deadpan ridiculous guy who just doesn't want to put in much effort but He actually really cares about his squad and he, when he needs to be, is very keen and cunning and methodical when he needs to be.
0: Yes.
3: Yeah, because there's something. All right. So this anime is a perfect storm for many. Not only have. You're cutting out. But you also, uh, I own American television. Had to be an influence on this because in the 70s and early 80s, you had shows like The Streets of San Francisco and definitely Hill Street Blues, which was a show in the 80s that was a lot like this. You had a diverse carrot cops. You had the, the captain who had to keep sanity. You had a, a gun maniac. You had another person who had a lot of domestic problems. You really, you, know, you can see a lot of the inspiration that uh, Pat labor draws from the, from shows like Hill street blues having, what if we had a bunch of cops and gave them all real unique personalities, but all had but they're all dedicated to the job. Like they're all in it to win it. So, and then you give it that kind of like, what if we put some of the anime tropes in there of like, okay, we'll play them a little over the top and we'll make this a little soap opery, And we're going to have, but we're going to try and keep them reasonably grounded. Like Ota could have gotten a lot sillier than I think the fact that he's often using uncontrolled weapons that, um, that backfire on him. Uh, and also the fact that, uh, Noah, I think you're right, really shows up as a lead character because I think everyone agrees, you know, even the characters in the show, that Noah is usually the best person to handle most of the jobs because she's a good pilot and not doesn't have the fobile some of the other characters have.
1: Uh um, it's yeah, I was gonna say, speaking of Noah, it also is it shows later on that she can actually she's not an idiot, even if she seems like an airhead, she's actually pretty smart, and, like, they even start commenting that she's starting to think, like, Goto by the end of it.
3: Yeah, there's actual growth, uh, I think, uh, because that's the, like, instead of the, uh, well, they make them, like, one every four weeks, one every week, so you have the same people working on it and a lot of consistency and they have a little time to think about it, so you, they're willing to experiment with arcs and with some of the better mecha designs and that sort of thing, and, um, Pat Lieber has one of the best cast. This is the kind of show I think that has a cast of characters that other
2: anime want to have. Yeah. So I have to second like Clancy and Goto. I found the one we have a cop that's being pushed out by which you have to you have to do something fairly bad to get pushed. To be fair, it's because
1: she is very brazen in what she does. She causes incidents.
2: Yes, and then Goto, who is basic example of what responsibility towards the people and not just power tripping which which granted this is a show about japanese cops that's the difference between the sh- how of what structural problems between police and american police in japan are completely different where there's not the same kind of race- racialized police in japan compared to america but there are things number fudging lots of number f- well I'm- it didn't go exactly
0: i mean uh do you see that in the last episode <laughs>
2: yeah
1: to be fair that's that's a bit more
2: complicated it, it but yeah. is
0: but yes
1: but yeah so it's like things like his his insistence goto's insistence on be prudent like being thoughtful about how you use the weapons on the labor you should never be unloading you should be aiming to take it down in one shot to minimize any sort of problems
3: right I, I, like look there's not a lot of spectacle where they're destroying a bunch of stuff often they're trying to figure out how do we get this labor off the highway and into the city Without demolishing
1: them, I mean, like the fight with the SDF, they literally finish without firing a single single bullet. They just land on the ship and shove the gun through the bridge. It's it's really good, but yeah, no, it's uh fuck. Where was I going? Uh yeah, no, it's good. And the thing with uh, Goto at the the last episode is important because basically the the thing they're referring to is a man stole a truck because he was in a panic because his wife was going into labor. And he thought it was just a normal truck but jokes on him it had a smuggled in labor from west germany uh that was going to be used by a bunch of terrorists and he drove it away and managed to keep it away up to the very like so up to the very end uh where he then got attacked by the company that made the mech who were trying to keep it secret even going so far as far as to try to kill police officers over to keep it quiet uh and he Almost, he went in front and helped out the police officers and saved their lives so Goto basically said you know what, we're gonna let this guy off of the hook he just had a kid he has a kid he's got a family to take care of and he just saved the officers lives and this was a terrorist plot anyway so we can just pin it on that
3: yeah it's that gradual like escalation that that could have just been a plot for a regular cop show So, uh, and you're right the, the way the characters react to it Kind of like they're bending the, but GoTo is about you know order and peace above all else. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the, the other show, the television show. Okay, it's a good image.
0: Yes, um, since uh, so I have the uh, a side stream going, uh, the commenting, and I have found a really good image of GoTo doing finger guns, kind of. Uh, also, I do want to point out another thing for GoTo. Uh, That, like, is a particular quote uh, from... uh, It was actually the episode where they go back to school uh, when he's chewing them out, and he specifically brings up, what do you think you're piloting? Great Messenger Z? Daigayo? I guess? Dangayo. 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 Yes. So just bringing up other anime to say, no, this is not that.
1: God, Dangayo.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the characters are really good in this.
1: Uh, Also, like another call out from goto about like excessive force is at one point they get a riot gun for the fucking mech which just fires massive slugs that tear everything to pieces he's like no this is too much we will never need this firepower why i can i I can never get
3: over how when they make guns for the mecha, they're regular human guns just tripled in size it's like that's not how this works guys no it's really good though
0: Uh, especially since um like revolvers have been in police use i think they are almost i think they are actually still used to this day because it is it is just a uh it kind of became like it is a emblem of japanese police like they do not need anything more than a revolver um and it's just kind of become a symbol of the the police um, but yeah, just for to kind many of, reasons. Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of go over some of the other characters that have not gotten the, gotten mentioned. Uh, so we have, uh, Asuna, uh, Shinotora or well, let's see Asuna Shinohara, uh, who is kind of otherwise meant to be, I guess, trying to kind of the other main character, uh, outside of Noah, uh, who is basically, he is actually the son of a, uh, kind of corporate executive, uh, a company that actually makes, 90% of the labor's in the world, apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia. That is what the thing they said for that. But yeah, uh, after he got into an argument, his father, basically his father is like, you know, maybe you should go work for the government to kind of get some experience. Um, and yeah, so he's kind of all, uh, not always, but he is, he brings it up quite a bit that he does not kind of want to do this, but he also is competent when he needs. So that's good. Um, we also have uh, the giant character, which is uh, Hiromi Yamazaki, who he's from Okinawa. But yeah, he is, his thing is just, he is big, but he is also very kind and very soft. Uh, like Gentle what, giant, if you would. Yes, like he, in the first episode, you see him, uh, his lunch, he makes his own little bento kind of it's thing. Super that's super cute, and that, I love
3: Yeah, it. the bento. That's the first time I saw a bento.
0: Yep. And like he is, uh, just very quiet. And like there was a thing in the last episode actually where they all start to argue, and you can tell that he is very not happy with everyone arguing around him. Uh, but also, also apparently he is the only one. He apparently, uh, at some point, uh, also can he can actually fire the guns from the labor without the use of a labor. Uh, also, a um, yeah. Also, uh, once
1: again, he is the only member of the squad who could withstand the G's uh, of being fired from the nuclear sub
0: <laughs> and yeah. uh also the gun crazy guy is uh isao ota who basically his thing is basically that he is really into guns and just being very angry like it's great because at the at the time so at the very end of the episode where they all go back to school and they are uh talking with goto uh and goto admits to, is like yeah i i do this to do that uh the entire point of this exercise is to point out that you don't always need your gun uh and what do you think ota does He's <laughs> part of the thing of being angry is him pulling out a gun. And he has learned absolutely nothing.
1: Well yeah, the other big thing is he is meant to be a foil for Izumi.
0: Yep. Uh and then uh the other character who's kinda not as prevalent, um, but we have um Takeo or, oh, whoops wrong one. Uh we have uh Mikiyasu's shin uh Shinisi or Shinsi. I Shin-chi, I think that's how you pronounce it. Ah, uh, basically, he is one of the, the drivers of the trucks that bring out the labor. Uh, but basically, his gimmick is that he is married. That's yeah. basically it.
1: I and mean, he's also pretty level-headed for the most part, except for that time that he tried peeping on the girls in the bath because, of course, yeah, because yeah, uh, it,
0: it, it came out in the '80s, so you have to,
1: it, it's, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, also another character that uh, is also pretty good. Ah, uh, she is a kind of the captain for the other section, or for so like team, uh, like uh SV two. Uh, like the other coordinate for that. Uh, no, she's SV1. Uh, SV1. Uh, So Captain Shinobu uh, Nagumo, who is kind of a, f- yeah. not quite a foil to Goto, but he's kind of her, kind of, they work together a lot. And she seems like she was also really good.
1: There's also romantic tension between her and Goto.
0: Yes. Th- it, that does not show up quite as much in this as it does apparently in uh, it
1: gets it gets a lot more obvious as the ova goes on but definitely not initially
0: yeah it get apparently gets way overplayed in later things but yes so um yeah those are the kind of the characters of this show so um how about uh like all these are kind of distinct episodes but how do you feel like these episodes flowed i think starting with carnival
2: I, they were fine except for episode seven after six.
0: Yeah. I, I think, and that I think is more of a, it is a uh, LVA series that is six plus one rather than seven.
2: Right. And I definitely, that's definitely the feeling that happened because you get the ending of just, all right, we got the, we got the terrorist. We got him. And then we just, here's more goofy cop adventures. The next time it's like, wait, no, I want to know more about the what, what did they do to the terrorist? Damn it. Yep. So that was my just big thing is like, well, great. You, you kind of just short shifted me here. All
0: right.
3: <laughs> I I uh for for me um I've been praising how much I like the the how it, you, it, this feels like if this technology evolved, you know, how would cops actually? So I find that the the weirdo episode with Genetically Engineered Monsters is the one that really just kind of is the outlier for me. Because uh, everything else, like even though the tone might be off, it, they were still like stories that involved here are people like doing construction or crime or military development. And the, the weird episode with the, with the monsters is it just stands out to me as like a filler arc. So um, other than that, I thought if you take that one episode out, all of them are very consistent, you know, relatively with, with the tone and the visual look, which I think is an advantage of one team with a Nova. So, yeah,
1: everything but three. Um, so personally, I, I felt it flowed actually pretty decently well overall. You, you could feel the passage of time over the course of, you could feel the characters growing and progressing, even if it is largely episodic, uh, which I can genuinely appreciate. Uh, that said, I agree with actually both Rafferty and uh, Carnival, is that 3 is an outlier, in that it kind of goes against the general tone of the show, which tries to be more rooted in reality, and then you have this kaiju episode meant to be a joke on kaiju shit, but just takes, a, takes the piss out of the general tone of the show. And then, as Carnival said, the seventh episode is not good for the flow, but I do think it's a really good episode. But also, it like the ending of the episode before, it was kind of open without any sort of real conclusion to it. And it just goes immediately into that, and it just feels really off-putting.
0: Yeah, um, yeah I can kind of agree that uh, while I like episode three a lot, uh, it does kind of clash with the kind of themes of the uh, series but um yeah other than that i felt like it was perfectly fine and the flow felt really good like nothing dragged down too long and it was just as long as it needed to Mm um i wish that like i know why they put it in the order that they do because it is chronological in release uh but i do kind of wish that in the future for like ova releases that they would shift so that episode seven would be like right at before the two-parter because i feel like it fits better there than anywhere um but yeah, other than that, it, yeah, I felt the flow was pretty good. Um, so this is going to be a little tough to answer because um, this has been dubbed a few different times uh, by, and it's been dubbed by a lot of, or particularly, there's two English dubs of this, depending upon when you watch this, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, how did you feel like the voice acting was in
1: this? I felt it was very good, actually. Like, so I think we watched the older dub uh if i was to hazard a guess given the fact that some voices from the newer one were a lot more yes i guess in a modern context but uh the the one we did watch i felt actually was really well done uh izumi was a bit stiff but otherwise i I thought it was all very like very well handled uh like goto's sort of very deadpan delivery of most everything was very well handled
0: yeah i can definitely agree like uh, the one that i was going to point out is yeah Noah. um, is definitely, it, she, her, like, she does fine for the most part, but she does come, like, especially if she needs to be, like, angry or something, it comes across as very reserved. Like, she's yeah. trying not to be too loud. Um, I have watched this, when I first watched this, I did watch it in dubbed, or, like, in a subbed, uh, in the Japanese voice, I remember being pretty good.
3: Yeah, I actually haven't seen this, um, dubbed. I've only seen it either subtitled. Uh, I'm old enough that I first saw these anime where they were second-generation VHS tapes, and you had to God. get printouts that people circulated on BBSs to get a fan translation and read it at the same time you were watching. I mean, that's how old I am. So uh, I don't have any opinion on the dubs, but I did notice this was Central Park Media uh, originally, which is a little infamous, but I'm glad to hear that the the if you watch the older dubs, I'm glad to hear they're pretty
1: good. And
0: yes, it is Central Park Media that handled the TV and OVA series
1: yeah it was what was it the movies that were different yeah, career yeah
0: like for example uh goto was voiced by roger craig smith in the bandai visual uh dub of the first two movies
1: i can't wait to see goto dress up in a sonic outfit and take out the trash too far too far
0: but yeah carnival what do you feel about the
2: I you know? like without having old enough dub where it's like this dub was probably made if not when I probably before I was born, so it worked well enough without me knowing anything about the actor.
0: Uh, yeah, for the the only one like I'm looking at the the voice list right now for the Central Park Media dub, uh, the only one that kind of comes to comes to mind is actually Asuna's voice actor, uh, Dan Green. Really? Yeah, I I did not realize that when we were watching. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these other names at the top of my head. Um, but yes, uh, yeah. So yeah, I. It's nice that you. If you watch in either way, it's not. It's not bad. I probably would if I were to watch this again on my own. I would definitely watch it dubbed or uh, subbed. But um, yeah, I. You're fine either way. Um. So we've kind of come across this on yet, but I. Uh, or we've talked about this before. Um. But just to kind of wrap this. up, particular thread up um how do you feel about the fact that um for being like a large robot show how do you feel about the relatively re- realistic portrayal of the robots in the series right yep yeah.
2: i it's not bad it's it's a very good presentation but i think my mid- like i mentioned before when i think of robots it's girdlog and g gundam so yeah,
1: you need to preface this by saying you like hot blooded shit
2: i love my super robot you genre. like
1: super robot shit yeah, this so, isn't Super Robot.
2: It's not, and it's like, this is very good. I still enjoyed watching it, but it's just, I, it's not the thing that I, like, what I come to love and watch when I'm watching it. It's a very well done, and how, if we were ever to get over the weight problem of trying to weight and, like, just movement issues of trying to make giant robots in on planet, this would probably be police and labor for just construction. Fun so it's a,
1: fact. R- real quick, Carnival. Yeah. Uh, Alphon basically the 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 mech used by uh, unit two. Uh, I saw the numbers and they weigh about seven metric tons fully equipped.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right. That's as heavy.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, you've heard me talk about how much I love how, how realistic this is, and like this is still the perfect storm because not only do we have the '80s cop dramas, but you also have uh the decade of prosperity this is before the bank collapse in the 90s so japan is riding high and look at us we make the stereos and the gaming consoles we rule the world so you've got that kind of G Wiz attitude going on where like everybody wants to figure out how the labors are going on you have new york coming in here and you have like german terrorists who who want to uh, steal labor tech uh and you have the military who wants to see how SV, you know so, so how the SV-2's mechs perform, like everyone wants to steal from Javan. So you have this kind of arms race going on where they're treating it like it's a political thing. Like we have to field study how these mechs work because no one really knows how this would be military grade yet or there's still stuff to learn. And the fact that it's like an early development in this really makes it stand apart for me from like, say, you know, like as much as I enjoy Gundam, Monotsky particles and all that kind of stuff, those are a lot more about heroes doing dramatic things with these robots and when an experimental craft shows up, it's just in teleport or fast move or some other weird thing. Whereas th- this was just, how would real people react to this new tech? And we don't know anything. Like you said, with the shotgun, that's like, why would we make a, why would you make a riot shotgun this big? What were you thinking? So uh it, it really, it's a great deconstruction of how, of the mecha genre. And I, I love it. I love it to death.
1: So, Personally, I love all robots. All robots are valid. Every single one of them, even the bad ones. Okay, not the bad ones, but... uh, So, I I enjoy super robot shit again, but I am a huge fucking sucker for, like, realistic robot stuff like this. Like, how bulky and awkward-looking the labors are and how, like, purely functional they are for the most part. Except for, specifically, this police one, which looks the way it does because of the aesthetics. Like, they need that to basically show off to the, the populace and remind them who they are. But uh, as opposed to the, the older b- models, which are just painted white and black uh, laborers, uh, like construction labors with a, a bit more heavy armor and shit. And like things like the, specifically the military labors were much more heavily armored and sturdier built. So they could use the weapons they had. Like one of them was a Gatling gun from a fucking gunship. Uh, so like another, so later on uh, during the two parter, uh, one of the, uh, they have an older police model uh, of labor and they try using the Gatling gun and it literally rattles the mech apart from the recoil of the Gatling gun. And it's it's things like that that I actually really enjoy and appreciate or like Alphonse not being able to get over the overpass and them needing someone to lift him specifically because they don't have that kind of mobility. And if they tried to get over the overpass on like foot or whatever, they would break it. And just shit like that. I, I just appreciate all of it. And I think it's really neat. Or once again, a, a weird little detail that I always like is say over the joints of the mechs to protect them. They have like a heavy cloth to keep things from getting in and just like that.
0: Um, yeah. Cause one of the things like that made me get into this was just the fact that it is a realistic robot show. Like I really like when like when uh like, series try and make things that are but see science fiction, but actually make could kind of see you like, okay, this is how it would actually, I'd, yeah. I'd really like when it's like that.
1: Yeah. And other things they emphasize are like, ammo is very limited and also incredibly expensive. So don't waste it. Uh,
0: actually, speaking of that, that kind of goes right into our next question. Uh, we saw some combat in the series or in the OVAs. Do you think that there should have been more
1: combat involved in this? No, actually there didn't need to be. Like, the thing about Pet Labor is that the focus is never actually really the labors, and it doesn't need to be the labors. They're good, like, set dressing, and they use they are useful for the scenes in which they act, but they are not the sole focus. The focus has always been Unit 2, the team, not the mechs. And I genuinely appreciate the show for being that way and being that.
3: Oh, yeah, seconded. I, I like the fact that, um, because, like, Dominion Tank Police, the next thing I might compare this to, and that is obviously. Whereas, like, like, like the, the fact that they, they, they try to show off realistic environments, like, where labors would be, how labor-related crimes would actually work, you know, like, why would you want to bring a robot where well, you might want to bash down and stake something, or terrorism, you might want to cause as much havoc as possible. Um, I especially like the episodes where they're having difficulties moving them around, like, early, they don't necessarily know how to get them off the highway or they're stuck in traffic or something like that. And so they have to figure out, how even though they're supposed to be like more mobile than a tank this is still a civilian environment where we don't want collateral damage and that's what really sells pat labor it's not so much that you're worried about whether the characters can solve the problem but what's going to get ruined in it and and like you mentioned about the guns it's also like don't fire bullets because bullets go somewhere they treat it like it's a cop show and then they're all cops and that yeah, the, so definitely the fact that while they still had action and they still had stakes, the fact that they try to keep, you know, that limited really does sell the show. They make it very clear this
1: isn't Gundam. Actually, real quick, that reminds me, another thing that they, they show off is that the, the labors do have an option for when they don't have gun or when they run out of ammo. And that's literally just a fucking baton, just a retractable fucking stick. And it's good because that's all it needs to be. Because you have this giant mech swinging it around.
2: Yeah, it it's there. The combat's there as it is. Because I'm not. Once I got it. Once it's like, oh, okay. My. Once I got those percentages of police procedural to mech show readjusted, it's fine. The last three episodes were enough for me in terms of just getting the mech combat fit.
0: Yeah, I also agree that I do feel like it. This just had the exact right amount. It is not something that. Uh, needed to be but uh it definitely what was there was good and that's perfectly fine so speaking of combat uh at this point we have only there are many pat Labore video games we've only taken a look at one and it was the side-scrolling action game that was on the famicom disk system so do if you for those of you that saw that did that make you invoke anything of what you saw here uh i don't uh, it was basically a it was a pretty standard side-scrolling kind of somewhat action-y game. Like
2: see, that makes me think like the best way to do a pat labor game would like AI the summon. So a visual novel. Yes.
0: Or what was that? Uh, Metal Glory Slater. Yes. But yeah, which is a, another visual novel. Yeah, I could definitely see a visual. novel.
3: Yeah, I, I saw you play that pat labor game, and that was terrible.
0: Yeah, it was. It it was not. Good of the Famicom Disk System games based on anime, it was probably the better one, but that's still not. Safe.
1: What a high bar after Dirty Bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that that game was absolutely foul, and also it was entirely mech stuff. Gonna emphasize that right now, and yet Carnival was, was I agree, with Carnival, and that it it'd probably be better better serviced by something that could handle dual novel. Yeah. You don't need a bunch of mech combat or anything like that. It's it's not the focus. It's not the I, the main point.
0: Yeah, and I think this goes into our next question, which is basically, do you feel that this OVA series, would, or this series in general, will be primed for video games? Um, I would like to point out that there is a video game that does feature Pat Labor that does have a really good concept to it that I believe is a somewhat, it's not an action game, but it is a game where you're moving around uh pat labor right. pat labor was one of the series that was featured in city Shoud- uh, shrouded in shadow which unfortunately never came out over here of uh, which that I, game I mean, is okay. a great concept in which it is basically you are a person on the ground during a kaiju fight um so yeah a pat labor or a pat labor fight is occurring but you're just a civilian on the ground you're trying not to die and i think you're trying to report on it as well
2: yeah, you're, a you're also
1: picking up weird energy crystals. It's a goofy game. Uh
0: and yeah, just looking at the list of games that it also, also existed uh at that point. Yeah,
1: it's in super it's in fucking super robot wars. Oh is yeah, it? Of course it
2: is. Oh right. Yeah, one it, of yeah. the
1: installments of Super Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one
2: of the installments,
1: obviously. Yeah. But I it, think
2: it's OE. That sounds about right. But it's it's a fucking mech show. It, it's going to be in Super Robot Wars eventually. It's yeah. the law. Uh
0: it existed. Let's see if I look at the Super Robot Wars wiki uh pat labor occur is uh, doesn't this- list on the wiki, it doesn't sure. list on the wiki uh because this wiki
1: <laughs> is bad <is> <laughs> it's a bad wiki yeah well it it's is. a it's a wiki that explains all of the shit that appears in no, super Robot no what Wars, they, but no never-
0: no what they did was they copy and pasted the wikipedia article and just put it in there <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with i mean
3: like well well t- if, if, if you were into a video game like if you're thinking of uh where they have to figure out that there is a, a rogue. I mean, this isn't the CVC, but the rogue operating system, like someone's put, someone's been hacking OVAs to, uh, sorry, not OVAs, hacking labors to go berserk. And I, I could see a game where you would, half of it would be like going around the city and stopping berserk um, uh, labors. And then the other half of it might be crime investigation to figure out why this keeps happening. And you could do it like, I don't want to say L.A. noir, but like a Grand Theft Auto or an open world where you're stopping crimes in the city while wandering around looking for clues. That might actually be fun and would fit the Pat Labor motif of where you're trying to secure the peace while digging for clues. That might actually work, too.
1: And then you bug out the trailer and clip through a building.
0: Um, I'm looking at. So there's a list of Pat Labor games that are on the Wikipedia page. Uh, so there's a game on the Game Boy. Uh, there is a game on the Mega Drive, the Super or the PC Engine C, Super CD, uh, Super Famicom. Uh, there is a game on the PlayStation that is. I'm kind of curious what this is because it's just Pat Labor Game Edition, um, which I'm looking at screenshots of this and this looks like a really bad Virtual On clone. Um, but also there is one that I saw that it looks based on screenshot looks really interesting and I'm trying to figure out where the hell my link went. Um, but, uh, it is called, um, uh, Pet Labor, or Pet Labor Comeback Mini Pato. Uh, and, uh, I recommend that you look up the, um, if you just type in Pet Labor PSP, uh, this game has a really weird art style and I really like it. Uh, it is basically, imagine that every character is like in this really weird, not quite SD style, but kind of similar. Like, in they are, all look like they are paper cutouts put on Popsicle sticks.
2: Oh, I see what you're talking about. It's... That's definitely a style.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. and I kind of want to see that. But anyway, that's not this. But yes, I do feel like you can do Pat, Labore, or Pat labor games. But you'd have... It's not... You can't do just an action game. That's just not... Not what this is. Um, yeah. Uh, this picture i'm looking at right here of what this is is basically goto right next to a big ass gun and i think this might be my new background um but yes uh this is yeah i don't think you, you cannot do this like you cannot treat this like an, any other thing
3: Yeah. well maybe that that's the definitive game you should play it yeah uh, <laughs> but that is not going to be for a while
0: also i don't know if that technically counts but anyway Um uh, So, yeah, uh, I think it's time that we actually go about and actually rank this. So, um, we are going to rank this using our normal 1 to 21 scale, uh, with 1 being what we consider absolute mastercraft, of which there is very little you can improve on to make, like, very little you can improve on a period with this. And um, 21 being absolute garbage, don't even bother, you cannot even get fun, like, riffing on it. It is just... Garbage. So uh starting in alphabetical order, uh what number would you give this series or this particular release of Pat Labor, the OVA Okay. Um
3: I also would solidly give I would think everyone you, but it is from the eighties. Uh, so uh,
0: you you cut out and I didn't get your number.
3: Oh I was gonna say it's a solid I'd say it's also a solid three. I mean, the only reason why would two reasons why I wouldn't give it a one is it is from the '80s, so it is from the paint and trace era, so it doesn't like look as good. And I think it might be a little too. Uh, the, the animation is really good, but not as impressive as some others. So, uh, but I, that's
1: why I'm putting it. Turbo, one. Okay, move on.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> okay. So we have a two threes and a one. Um, I would definitely agree that this belongs in Mastercraft, because. Um, the one thing, let me bring up what we have so far. So I believe we have two things in this, the resonant or the essence list. Yes. So at, we have a one um, that is Die Hard, which is just the pinnacle of action. And at three, we have Dirty Pear Project Eden. Um, I could definitely see either of those. I could definitely see someone putting it at one. I could also see it putting a three. Um. Part of me wants to split the differences a two because... I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I won't um, complain. Because the thing is, it's like, this is really good. Um, but yes, it is. I see, there are some things about this that I feel would kind of bump it down from being absolute perfection. Like that last episode's re- resolution is not that great. Um, but uh, other than that, this is just really good and that anyone should watch it. Like, even if you're not really into anime, I think that this is a series that you could, you can enjoy this. Anyway. Cowardly.
3: Well, I I can also see putting it a step as much as I love Project E uh, I do think Pat Labor is smarter and more accessible.
0: Yes, I could definitely. So yeah, I think two to go. I mean, we have more Pat Labor stuff after this. It's true. Yeah, we got the movies.
3: Feed it directly into my mind. Yeah, I, I keep talking about the movie forgetting, which is the show. Which...
0: Yeah. Uh so there is two timelines apparently. Uh if you there is a if um Due to the weird Rights hell that this series has gone in. Apparently um, the, there has been multiple uh, people who have brought this out. The more recent uh, releases of this, like you can get this on Blu-ray and it looks really good. Um, they actually have in the back, the listing of the timelines. Uh, there's two timelines. You have the movie timeline and the TV timeline. And the OVA series is the first part of the movie timeline. So after that you have Petal War, the movie, uh, W. It's like WX. Uh, like I'm. Sp- it's WX. Uh, III. Um, Palabor three, and then Palabor two the and then the rest you have, uh, the TV series, and then so I'll put Pat Lab. Pat Labor. The early days. It's episode fourteen. This came out in nineteen. 19- I'm gonna put nineteen eighty eight. Uh, Mamoru Oshi. Mamoru Oshi the director. Uh, this was released in OVA. Oh, let's see um we have we have criminal we have crime this would be crime yeah uh and tone uh we have an 80s tone
3: yeah it's 80s. definitely yeah as i keep bringing it up this is such 80s cop show
0: yeah and no content warnings needed said
1: music very yeah, good uh, let's charm, see very good
0: yeah so do we what do we want to give uh for charm or uh, for music charm theatrics uh or cinematography, theatrics, action, and art. So, I do agree that the music is really good. Uh, the charm is, like, one yeah, of the key things fun. about it. Uh, the cinematography is really good, too. There's some really good shots in there. Uh, also, uh,
3: yeah, the art, I think, is, because the mecha design, city looks real, definitely.
0: And I would, I don't know if I'd give thumbs up for the, th- not that they're bad, but for the theatrics and the action, I just don't think that's. not. It's yeah.
2: not bad, but it's
0: yeah the writing is very good but the acting is yeah the acting's kind of also to point out another thing that is in three which is the the bugs bunny roadrunner movie so i would definitely say that i would prefer watching this over the bugs bunny roadrunner movie as well um
3: i mean i I would really suggest that pat labor is when people tell you anime is good pat labor is like all you can see all the anime the jump cuts the reaction shots that sort of thing is all done really well in pat labor in a way that isn't cringy like a lot of uh other 80s anime have stood up so if you were to show someone one anime of the 80s...
0: um anything we want to call out for yay or nay?
1: Can i see the list again
0: this list that i need to actually you know put stuff in here that is yeah media one day specific? you fucking update it god damn i think i might do that this weekend you're
1: killing me
0: uh i i would argue enemies with... are too spongy uh, I would argue that Made with Abundant Love fits with them. yeah. Because especially with the the formation of headgear, I feel if you put in that production history, I do feel like this belongs in here.
3: Yeah, you can tell they really love me. Um,
0: if I were to think, because it's like, yeah, I just... I don't know if there's anything else I would call for nay.
3: Nope. It's perfect. I mean, speaking as like an old-timer here, I could see that if people didn't like the tropes of anime, like anime... They they might be put off by those kinds of stylings in Pat Labor, but I don't think that's a nay, you know, per se, of what we we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, I, I...
0: um, Yeah, I think that might be good for that. I think this is good for Pat Labor. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely deserves being that high. It was very enjoyable. Uh, yes. So, yes, uh, that'll do it for Pat Labor, the early days. Um, so, before we close out, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Starting with Carnival. Follow
2: at
3: Well, I'm Rafferty. I work for SanguineGames.com, and uh, to celebrate this, we'll be having our own bleeding-edge cyberpunk stuff on sale this week. Pat labor is awesome.
1: Uh, fucking at TorpidTypist on Twitter, Twitch.tv/slash torpid typist and also I'd like to po- plug the gaping hole in my ship from the mech that dropped in it. Yes.
0: So yeah, uh, that is enough for uh Pat labor the early days. So next week, um, we are starting to take a look at a bit of a longer... We're starting to look at longer series. And to start out, putting our first kind of series in the resonance list, we are taking a look at Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which I started doing my watching for it a little early.
2: Great. What are you guys talking about?
1: Why are you so broken, Carnival?
0: Yeah. Tune in for that one. That's going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's going to do it. So tune in for that next week. So, yeah, uh, again, uh, thank you all for a list. Boy, howdy, we have something. This has been another episode of Media Delta. If you would like to view the entire list of rankings for yourself, you can go to r3.ldp.life to see the Residents and Essence list that Media Delta covers as well as the other lists that are covered by our sister show, Retro Rank Rhapsody. If you'd like to watch Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Or you can view any of the episodes anytime at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like the help of hosting costs, you can go to patreon.ldp.life and help out with a $2 or $5 pledge. If you would like to discuss this episode in any other episode of our community, you can join our Discord server at discord.ldp.life. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow it at Hazeltown Story, or you can follow me, your host, at LoloDepuzzlo. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for a round for the next episode.